everybody and welcome to another edition of the Cop Calf podcast brought to you by World Football Index. Today we're going to take a look back at the stunning win against Arsenal and just a mess in social media today of planes, trains, automobiles. It's just ridiculous what's going on with Liverpool Football Club, or certainly with our fans at the minute. To discuss all of this with me, uh, first up we have Ali Thompson in Scotland. Ali, been a while, how are you? It's been a long time, Alan. I'm really good, Dave. I'm so excited. Just wherever it's going, I feel like a kid at Christmas. Well, that, that's yet to be seen. We don't. We don't know that the stocking hasn't been filled yet. Let's say, but it's we're exciting, hopeful. Though. It's exciting. <laughs> well, if it comes off, it's exciting. If, if not, it's fucking utterly depressive. But we'll move along swiftly. Second up in Berlin, keeping an alphabetical order, we have Neil Patterson. Only the one Neil tonight. So, how are you? Yeah, yeah, keeping it, uh, trying to keep my, my feet on the ground at the minute, like, great win, obviously, at the weekend, we're looking great, and, yeah, uh, big few days in the transfer window, already sort of going on, and hopefully more to come, so, yeah, all pretty nuts. Ah, uh, well, let's let's see what way we go, we'll have a wee announcement at the end of this pod as well, um, which might float your boat. Last and certainly not least in London, we have Amara Naz, good evening, Amara, how are you? I'm all right, thanks. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. Like Ali as well, I think I might have to make a cake on transfer deadline day or something in the shape a, of Jim White's a, face or something like that. A, a Virgil cake or a, a Nabby cake, cake or a Lamar <laughs> <laughs> cake. Well, I don't what, know who's what, going to want to eat the Jim White cake though. So <laughs> that maybe isn't such a great <laughs> idea. But listen, let's get into it. And you know, as always, I'll start with Neil. We have not played just one exceptional game, Neil. We we've qualified for Europe. I know we missed the pod last week and we have played some scintillating football and scored some marvellous goals along the way. Um, I think most notably, and, and I must mention this first of all, is the emergence of Emery Khan in, the, in, the, in those two games. Just an absolute world beater all of a sudden. But the front three, everything apart from that defence, of course, everything seems to be just ticking over beautifully at the minute. And we're, we're, we're looking, albeit very early in the season, we were here last season. I don't really care about that, but we just look so good at the minute. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's, it's a return to where we were sort of uh, in, what, November last season or October last season, where we were blowing teams away. And now we're, we've got that little bit more uh, with the addition of Salah. It's nice to see uh, a resurgence of Moreno. So we've got a full-back there who is really adding loads to the attack as well, adding loads of pace. Uh, it's adding first-time crossings, adding, adding that ball into, into the danger area. And we just look we look unstoppable, really. I mean, unfortunately, we, we still have our Achilles heel, although uh, in the last last few games, it, um, it hasn't come to... You know, it hasn't come to anything. I mean, Arsenal had chances against us. They didn't take them. Did Carrius even make a save? I can't he didn't remember. have to. They, they yeah. didn't have a shot on target. But Welbeck probably should have scored before we did, like, to be fair. But they they offered nothing and, and we steamrolled them. And to be honest, the, the goals we scored, a lot was made of Arsenal's poor performance. And yeah, they weren't really at the races, fair enough. But, um, you know, some of the goals we scored were absolutely breathtaking. You know, the goals that were, were were back in the day were being talked about as when Man United were scoring them and, and going from uh, scoring goals from, from the opposition taking corners and going from front to back in 16 seconds or 12 seconds or whatever it was and scoring. All that was being said was how amazing they were going forward. No one was looking at defending, really. I mean, if you, you get scored on on a corner, your defending isn't great. Let's be honest. You haven't you haven't really covered that much. You, you've you've kind of fucked up the corner. It's, it's kind of shooting yourself in the foot. But to be able to execute a counter attack like that in such devastating fashion so quickly, only the best teams can do that. We destroyed Hoffenheim within what eighteen minutes. That was pretty pretty special as well. Everything's looking good at the moment for Liverpool. Um, obviously, we're going to come on to talk about the the chaos that is going to be the next few days, or already has been kind of. The last few days in the transfer window, but on the pitch, things are pr- pretty good. I don't think we could have really asked for much more from any of the signs that we've seen play. Certainly, Mo Salas hit the ground running, like I expected him to, um, like a lot of us did. Uh, he's already proven his worth. Uh, Mane's come back even better after this injury. Somehow he stepped it up again. 
Uh, Firmino looks like a, a centre forward who, who is not a number nine. Looks like he's going to score 25 league goals this season. So things are looking up on the pitch. We've managed to do all this without Coutinho, who we're obviously going to talk about. Um, so, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> things are looking up. In, in, in a nutshell, <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> I hear what you say about Salah there. Who just seemed in the right place at the right time, and you know, albeit he, he's not converting the chances at the moment, but you, you you get the feeling he's going to be there for the fair share of them throughout the season, and, and very very good signs indeed. You know, I know you had a lofty expectation of Salah. I was like, well, pretty much wait and see what happens, and I'm delighted so far with it uh, with what was seen. But Ohms, I want to come to you. Were, were we were we that brilliant? Or were Arsenal just that awful? Were we that good that we just didn't let Arsenal play? There's a lot of different trains of thought out there. Uh, I know Arsenal fans are close to suicide at the minute uh, after that, and you can you can well understand the, the, the predicament that club's in at the minute. But I just think, that my own opinion is, we were just too good for them. I agree, and I'm of that thought as well, that we need we made them look pathetic, basically. We didn't let them get into any kind of rhythm or anything you just everything worked on Sunday you know they couldn't live with the pace of the front three Salah, Firmino and Mane the midfield stepped up they all three of them were excellent their defense were good too they didn't let it I mean I, I don't like this idea okay they didn't have any shots on target but then that means something we were doing something right it's not like they uh, they have I think it was 50 almost 50 50 possession as well it's not like they didn't have the ball so it's you know we I, I like to concentrate on our um, strengths rather than to focus on how bad they were I think we made them look we made them look bad so yeah just the goals and everything was just uh, it was kind of reminiscent of the 5-1 as a little bit of a couple of years ago in that 2013-14 maybe not as fantastic but almost almost there but um yeah no it's it was brilliant and I, I don't like that idea that Arsenal were rubbish I mean I'd like to think that we made them look rubbish so yeah I just um I like to, to sort of look at our strengths rather than then focus on all of that kind of stuff there and Ali you know what we saw like the Arsenal players the Ozil and, and Sanchez in particular just there's a club that looks like they're in a lot of trouble at the minute and, and we, as I say, as my opinion, we just never let them breathe. We were at their throat from, from the first minute. And, you know, they, they, they got a little bit better. Or we, we let them be a little bit better, maybe is a better way of putting it at the start of the second half. But we were just waiting to pick them off again. I was totally impressed. And, and not just this performance, but even the Hoffenheim performance, given what was at stake in that game. I thought the last two games have been re- it's something that we need to carry on forward. You know, we've been here last season going into international breaks, looking the part. I remember that last season, we whipped Watford 6-1, to one, went into international break. It was never the same when we came back. I think the next stepping stone for us now is, is maintaining this, Ali. Absolutely. Um, I thought that Arsenal game was close to perfect a performance as you could get from almost every player. I, I, I couldn't find a fault on anyone. Um, I thought it was phenomenal. I think I, I, I'm with Ims. I think you've got to look at our positives, but Arsenal really are a shambles top to bottom. Um, I mean, we all laugh at their, their their Arsenal fan TV, but a lot of the points they make are genuine. Uh, we spoke about Wenger on bodies. I don't know if you remember, Dave, just a few months back. And, and he really has just lost it, trying to go toe-to-toe with Klopp with the players we have. The the way Klopp's got... But his defence were like lost sheep, Bally. That You know, that defence Arsenal, they were, they were lost at sea. Yeah, let's give... I think we've got to, again, give Klopp... I think Klopp's tactics seem to have changed much more this season. He seems to have the players doing what he wants. I mean, we were, we're seeing Emery and Henderson get a really good partnership in the last couple of games, and that was their two most impressive performances this season. Wijnaldum, even Wijnaldum, again... He's took a fair bit of stick this year uh, from me as well. And, those, I mean, that front three, I mean, the best defence in the world are going to struggle against those three now because they're all over the place. So if you've got a defence like Arsenal's, who isn't any better than ours, they're just going to be all at sea and not going to be able to do anything. And I think we'll see Arsenal not taking away anything from our performance. But I think you might see Arsenal perform like that more often than, than this year against some of the, the bigger teams who are, who are good going forward. No, absolutely. And, and and back to you, Neil, again, you know, like United are getting a lot of plaudits. I think we're playing much better football. I think we're, we look a much better team than them, albeit in, in you know, three games or, or five, if you want to take our qualification um, to, to, to the Champions League. But at, the, at this moment in time, 
there's plenty to be positive about. And certainly, you know, we'll, we'll get into the transfer with, with these additions that potentially are going to come in. You know, like, seriously, we, we could be serious contenders this season. I'm not saying we're going to win the league, but but certainly, you know, with Arsenal in the disarray that they're in, and, you know, Tottenham struggling to, yeah. to find any kind of form at, at Wembley. Uh, you know, I would say even Everton might be might be looking at we could we could go top four because with these two teams suffering as badly as they are, it, it, it's two teams out of that race for the top four. We we look good. We do, as I said before, and we should we should strengthen. And I think we're very underrated. And I think a lot of the reason why the talk was all about Arsenal afterwards was because a lot of people, a lot of pundits, haven't really given Liverpool a chance this year. They haven't. They've gone early on the predictions, and most of them don't see Liverpool really finishing in the top four, being being a threat. And you know we're always pretty much underestimated, um, and that's you know part of what it is to, to be a Liverpool fan and to be Liverpool Football Club themselves. But I think we can do damage this year. We, we have to we have to set up our defence better, as we know. But apart from that, we're stocked. In areas we we play a particular kind of game. You mentioned you mentioned Salah earlier. You mentioned him being in the right place at the right time, but that's not an accident. He takes up amazing positions all the time. He's always he's Suarez-esque in that respect, and that he, he knows what he, he positions himself the point of most danger as often as he can. Um, he's always following up. He's always the first to a rebound. Those kind the way we're playing, like I mean, it's it's almost like. It was almost like basketball, you know, um, in the sense that you'd soak up an attack, you'd let them pass it about for a while, 30 yards out, you'd eventually break up the attack, pass, 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 boom, you're, you're gone again, you know, and very, very few teams can deal with that. And that is club football all over. It's, it's front to back quick, take the ball off you. And within three passes, it's in the net. Yeah, don't give the opposition any time to breathe, do you? It's just quick, like you said, one touch passing, and yeah. then they don't know what's hit them. And that's basically what they've been doing the last couple of games. We just need to maintain it now. That's the issue, the consistency part, and then trying to do that against the, the lesser teams, as we like to call them, and uh, where we struggled last couple of seasons. So I think that's what Klopp needs to work on. And then, as you said, Neil, definitely strengthening at least somebody coming one person coming into that defense because if we can if we can stop some goals going in then obviously we give ourselves a a hell of a lot more chance every single game i think even just improving our set pieces you know yeah but um, i want to ask you you're talking about this midfield and and, you know i've slated jordan henderson for for a long time and i'm going to give him a bit of credit this podcast because the last two games the offenheim and arsenal game i thought he was actually okay um, he's certainly a big improvement in what we saw earlier on the season from the guy. So, you know, fair play to him. But uh, the question I want to ask you is, you know, Emery Khan, uh, who I mentioned in the, the intro there, absolutely sensational. And, you know, there's there's thought of, of actually losing him in this window, Ohms, and, and it's unthinkable. It is. Um, he was absolutely insane that game against Arsenal and, and the game before it as well, scoring the goals as well. So, yeah, no, I, I don't know what it is. I mean, I'm not sure if it's a money issue or what it is. I mean, I'm, I'm led to believe that we've offered 100 plus and it's not enough. So, I mean, I don't know if you guys know any, any Offer more Offer 150 plus, 100, get off him whatever he wants because at the moment yeah. I, I just see him as indispensable. And then he's, he's he's that kind of leader that we miss as well, isn't it? So it's not you're not just getting the midfielder, you're getting the captain, the leader, and that kind of player and the passion that he comes across in him. You know, he's always up for a little bit of a fight if something goes wrong. And although that can sometimes you know get you sent off or something like that, but you do need players like that, and we we lack that so much. That little bit of a nasty streak in a player, and I see that in him, and the ability. Obviously, we've all seen that anyway. So. Yeah, I, I don't know. We dillied and dallied with Steven Gerrard's um, contract, didn't we? And it kind of seems a little bit like that. But it would be really, it would be such a shame if he left because you can see that potential. It's really, you, you can't kind of get your head around what he could achieve at Liverpool. And I really do hope they sort this out quickly. Um, I'm, I don't know if Neil was talking in the pre-pod about who said something that he's he's kind of come out and said there's no no agreements been reached or something like that. So. You know, for him, you know, they need to sort it out quickly because it's just, um, we can't let him go. We just can't. It's just, 
there's too much in that one player that we needed at Liverpool Football Club at the moment. You are saying before, now at, at his optimum, and we've all known on this pod, and we've all said it many times, we've all known the potential he has and the ability he has and sometimes he can do it. And we're seeing him play up now. He really needs, or he, not needs, but he's playing for his contract or he's playing for his move or whatever. If we sign him, re-sign him, which we have to, and I fully agree, we should we should throw the the checkbook at him, like and sign him up for 125, 150k a week. I don't care. He should be, if he can if he can keep this form up consistently, he should be our in our midfield for the next five six years. But you just hope that he that it's not just, you know you know how some players can play up. A little bit more when when the contract negotiations come around or whatever, like, and you just hope that he he would maintain that, and you would expect that he would, you would expect that he would, because I I think that he wants to really go on and do it with Germany uh, and be be a big part of their their future and stuff. So it seems to me ridiculous that it hasn't been tied up. Emery's a, it's a it's a big deal. It's kind of a Klopp doesn't seem to be a barrier in that Neil as well. You know the relationship between him and Klopp certainly in the last couple of games. You know when, when Klopp comes onto the pitch at the end, there seems to be a, a real warmth there. There doesn't seem to be any any kind of animosity. There's no problem. He's part of that group. He's a, he's an integral member of it. One would imagine it's, it's a formality. You would think, and you would th- you would wonder what what the issue is because I'm also led to believe that he's been offered a, a large amount. Like I mean. I don't think he's he's pushing for more than what's been reported, so it seems a bit odd, and it's it's a bit of an own goal. No matter no matter what you do, if if you if you don't secure him, like I mean, it's a no brainer for me. So I'm sure it for can't be that he's he's worried about not starting, is it? I mean that that can't be the issue here at the moment, unless he's I, worried I, about I've, some I've, other players coming in that might. Yeah, might I've, heard him, of him. I've heard him. I've heard that reported, like, but I mean, the whole time. Pretty much the whole time, when he's been fit, Emery's been in the side. Like, yeah. I mean, if you look at his, his minutes, you know, when he's been available to play, he's, he's pretty much played permanently. He's on the pecking order as well, Neil. You know, you would imagine he's in front of Lallana, he's in front of Wijnaldum, he's in front of Henderson. In my opinion, you know, if you're picking a team, you pick him first. Absolutely. Like you say, I mean, he, he leads in, in the... He's mighty enough on the pitch and whatever, and he talked to the referee, but he usually shouted him. But essentially, he leads by driving forward through the midfield, you know, in that way that Gerrard did. Not the same type of player, but do you know what I mean? Obviously, you, you, you probably do. Example, um, you know, he leads by yeah. example, lead by and example. that's why he's captain material. Yeah, he's a captain material because of that. Yeah, exactly. You can only think it's a money thing then. I don't know what else it could be. I mean, like you I, said, I, it's I cons- Juve. How much more can you Juve offer him? I mean, he's not moving to PSG Unle- or, B- Un- or PSG or whatever. Like, Unless he wants to move somewhere. I mean, I, obviously you can't account for that. If the player wants to go somewhere else, then he wants to go. Like, you know, we've seen with other particular players. Maybe he doesn't fancy staying in England any longer. Who knows? Yeah, that... It could be something as really simple as that. Maybe they want to move to, you know, another city. You never know. It could just be that. It's an odd one. I wish we could um, work it out. Fly on the wall in Emery's camp. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm as lost as anyone. My my theory on it is he's kind of been let down, not so much by the club and the way how long it's maybe taken the offer to come in. I mean, no disrespect, as in your Hendersons and Milner. But he's maybe looking at these players around him and seeing what they're on and what Lewis was on. And maybe the original offers were, were well below those and he felt he, may, he should be up there or even above them and just taking so long. So maybe he's just thinking that it's that. He, he now needs assurances to see to see what's going to go. Um, but it's pure speculation. I don't think we'll, we'll know until uh, he either signs or he leaves. And hopefully it's the, the signing one because... If he, if he leaves, especially this season, I mean, how much is it going to cost us to replace an Emery Chan right now? Yeah, well, how much are we paying for Nabi Kaida or how much are we paying? You know, it's going to cost you 80 million. And, yeah. and and at least you know what you're getting with Emery. I mean, you know he has some bad games, but even in those bad games where everybody slates him, he's still the player who shows for every pass. He's, he's involved in every tackle. He, he never goes missing. 
Sky's the limit for him. You sort of know that as well. And, and this breaking into the box as well, you know, he's really developed that this season. This The goal he scored at the back post against Hoffenheim, the run for that goal, was, and the way he checked it as well, he, was, he had the speed and abundance. He had to actually check himself. You see when um, Salah scored the goal, uh, sorry, when Salah scored the goal against Arsenal, yeah, and Ma- we all were looking at Mane um, bombing forward, but Henry Cann wasn't far behind him. He was brilliant. They were just... just the speed of him. You wouldn't think he's the fastest when you think about Emery Chan, but he's, he's pretty much up there. Absolutely. I was just going to mention it. He overtook Manny in that run. Yeah. And every, no, nobody noticed it. Yeah. No. It's very, dare I say it, very Gerard-esque. Mm. We have a bit more intelligence about him. You know, when Gerard was young and he used to just yeah. make those lunging... I see the parallels with Gerard. Like, he's yeah. the closest the closest thing we've had to Gerard. Not since Gerard ever. Because Jared was pretty much one of a kind. Like I would say got, Emery's he, got a bit more football intelligence about him. Yeah, yeah a bit more tactical. Yeah. He's got that explosive aspect of his game, and he's got he's got that I want to to lead this. I want I want to carry this team. This is my team kind of attitude about him. Like I'm, which is nice to have. Like you know, we've been cl- we've been complaining about the lack of it for since we've been doing. That's Neil, to be fair, like, and we're in our, what, third or fourth season now, and it's been a constant theme throughout them, and all of a sudden here's a player standing up. Exactly, but I think we've always said that he's had the, he's had the potential to do it, like, and it's nice to see him starting to fulfil that, like, which is why it's all the more important that we keep him and not to end up losing him just as he, as he really comes into his own. Can we just take a second to appreciate how good Moreno's been the last three games, though? I'm so glad he's back. The last two performances, he's just been exceptional. Even defensively, he seems to be much better. And that's helped by the midfield coverage as well. And yeah. he'll be stopping those those balls into that channel so much. But going forward, even his crossing and passing seems to be a, a bit much more, like, what's the word? You know, he's not just smashing them into the box like a couple of seasons ago. Yeah. Yeah. Thinking about it a bit more and, and making the right decisions. Yeah. Much more intelligent. Yeah, that's it. And, yeah. and and with his pace, with our front three, we need somebody quick there. Because if not, you're not getting past them. <laughs> Whereas I at least it, Moreno can get around them. Yeah, with him, it was always a case of maybe tempering his uh, temperament a little bit, if that makes any sense. Because he looks the kind of, he, I don't know if, you, if you're judging by his social media and stuff like that, a bit of um, a wild one. So maybe that was just, it was just a matter of, you know, keeping it all in and t- channeling it in the right way. And I think maybe he's learning to do that now and maybe in the summer when there was all this talk of him leaving maybe helped him focus a bit more because that was quite close to God happening and then suddenly he was he was staying overnight yeah absolutely because I mean he just seems like a like he enjoys playing football I don't imagine when he was playing underage football before he became professional he plays any different to the way he does now he just goes out there and has fun he maybe gets distracted a bit too easy I mean, I think that's why you either love him or hate him, I guess. I mean, that's why I love him so much, just because of all these antics and just the, the always smiling, carrying on. I think he maybe just sometimes he has those hot-headed moments and just doesn't think and, and maybe lunges into a tackle or a challenge where he shouldn't and then leaves a gap. And I think maybe... I don't remind him that much. Like, I mean, he definitely made mistakes and he was impetuous and that, but he had no help. Absolutely. He's never made any more glaring mistakes than anyone else in the back four. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't... You know, he's not like Lovren, Matip, even going back to Carragher, didn't make as bad of mistakes as Moreno, do you know what I mean? It's not like our defence has been this this unit. I mean, nobody ever mentioned Moreno when it was the Moreno-Sacco partnership season, just because he had just that bit more solidarity there, and the centre-back knew what he was doing to cover him, and yeah. Moreno was never mentioned. And he, I wouldn't say he was any worse or any better than he was, you know, the season after, so... I'm just delighted he's back in. I'm glad because I wanted us with the whole point. We wanted, I mean, I remember the days how we were crying out for an attack, for attacking fullbacks. And then we got what we wanted. And then we didn't sort of work out how how to cover him or how to play with him. We just stuck him there and said, you go attack. But by the way, we're going to blame you if there's a gap behind you. We're not going to fill it in. We're not going to shuffle over. We're not going to have a centre-back who even knows how to play centre-back. Besides, you never mind covering you. Um, and then we're going to hang you out to dry completely and throw you under a few buses. Uh, I'm so glad that he's he's fought his way back and the club seems to now 
rate him and is playing him in the first team. It's not a it's not a case of uh, you know rotating or anything. He's very much first choice at the moment, and he's showing why. Well, listen, I, I want to move it forward here and, and maybe into this transfer window. And I think the, the, what, the you, first... what do you mean? The transfer window's open? I hadn't even noticed. Apparently so. I'm shocked. Apparently today we broke um, some aviation tracking device by trying to track a plane that Virgil van Dijk was not on. I don't think Virgil van Dijk flew anywhere today. Um, so our fans have basically broke that. They've been following a silver Mercedes van around Liverpool in convoy for Virgil van Dijk, which I do believe will happen in this window. But there's there's more that's come out today in the form of, you know, it looks like the on-off saga, the ongoing, forever, never-ending saga with Coutinho may end up with him actually going. And, you know, Ali, I'll give you first crack at this one. And I know you, you've often advocated that selling Coutinho might not be the worst thing we could do. You know, certainly the money that's being bandied about at the minute and sort of up to the £150 million pounds mark um, is it's a very difficult one for FSG to turn down. It's way above what he's worth, uh, in my opinion. But it, it's, it begs the question, then, can we actually replace? I think is is given our history in the window, I, I think that's a fair comment, really. But, you know, Phil... <sighs> His head just doesn't seem to be in Liverpool anymore. Is it time to cut and run? It was it was time to cut and run last season, if you believe what I said. The money that's been thrown around, I mean, you mentioned, David, it all depends on how much is up front, what's the, the payment plan. Um, if there's talking 150, 60, 70 million, whatever it is, we can't, we can't turn that down. That is their biggest problem. They can't, they can't play hardball when every club knows about this transfer and knows about that money. We can't turn that down for a player like Coutinho, who's so hot and cold. Yes, we believe he's going to become this superstar in that deeper role because in the games that we've played him, can we get another, you know, maybe not a like for like? I mean, everybody says this Lamar's quite similar in the type of player. So, I mean, if we can get him in for 70 million, 75 million, I mean, is it worth letting him go? As you say, we, we need to replace because our squad is still thin. Will FSG look silly by letting him go now? Maybe, but for that money, you know, it's just it's just silly. We, we, we need to be taking it. I won't be disappointed to see him go, and even less so now with all his antics for the past, what, three weeks now? Yeah, I mean, you know, there, there's two sides of the coin. There's two sides of everything. I don't know how I would feel if he stays and he comes back and he plays well. Great. If he goes, we're a fickle bunch, Neil. We're a fickle. We would forget. Yeah, we're fans. Yeah, great. You know, Gerard wanted to leave twice. I mean, they burned effigies of him. You know, didn't they? You know, they threatened him, and that makes sure you stay at Liverpool. So these things happen. If he stays, we'll love him. If he plays well, if he goes, well, he's gone. And but we wouldn't let him go at this point without having the replacement sorted. If that is this Lamar guy who's sort of come out of nowhere and coincidentally sort of is a very similar style of player from what I'm led to believe, plays on predominantly on the left, but can play across and can play through the centre, goals and assists, tricky, good dribbler, good at set pieces. I mean, pretty much stacks up against what Phil has on paper. Whether you can translate that. It's not really, not really the question. Yes, do I want to keep Phil? Yeah, in a perfect world, you keep him. He comes back into you, the team. Can he, you? At this he overperforms. He has a stormer. He leads us to Premier League glory. You know, reality that, check. That, 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 that may well not happen. He may. He, how long will it take to reassimilate? How long will his heart be in it? Is his head completely turned now? We've heard that he's been dropped by Cheech tonight for for uh, from the Brazil squad. So. What is actually going on there? Will we actually keep him? And is it actually beneficial to us if we do? Probably if you can get the replacement in, given the way we're playing, and you can get 150 million, maybe you take it. I don't know. Having said that, he is a professional and probably would be able to knuckle down and sort it out. So that being the case, I'd prefer to keep him. And um, you know, from from what we were talking about pre-pod, you know, I think as Ali brought it up, you know, what we've what we've been displayed with the, the Sacco incident last season. You know, Klopp's a very single-minded man, and I, I just, 
you know, maybe two weeks ago there was talk of an apology and he was going to be integrated back in again, the public apology and one. That would sound reasonable at the time. But a couple of more weeks have now thrown the lawn. And I th- think with every day that goes by now, it's just a day where it makes it harder for Coutinho to step back into the arena. And I'm not even sure Klopp wants him back. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's at Brazil and miraculously he's cured of his back problem, which was apparently stress. It's the heat so down it, here, ums, you know, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it has that effect, you know. It's kind of made him look like a, a liar, really, hasn't it? A um, fake, I, maybe, is what you're looking for. <laughs> but for me, more, more importantly, I think because the club has so definitively come out and said and put the statement out saying that we're not selling, for them to now sell, I just don't think that's good for the image of the club. I I'm not fussed about the player. I could not care less if he never played for us again. That's my personal feeling on it. Honestly, I, I don't care about that. But I just think the club needs to save the, save a bit of face now. I mean, I don't, I don't know if if a deal like the Naby Keita one is on the, is is possible where they can do something for next season. So I like so Leipzig saved face by not selling to us straight away, but agreeing to send him next year or something like that. I, I don't know if that's even an option, but. I just don't believe we can sell him this this transfer window. We're just going to look like a bunch of ticks. <laughs> That's my opinion. I just don't because of the like I said, the fact that we came out and said said that we're not selling. I, I don't personally think that the Klopp and Coutinho relationship is ever going to be the same again, or if it can be repaired. Because you know we've seen it in the past with him. He's really big on professionalism and the culture, and and with Phil having come out and behaved the way he has and pretty much shown that he's been faking injury now I don't see a way back for him there either but I just think we we shouldn't sell him and and if it, that means he sits on the bench then he sits on the bench I just think we should teach him a lesson boy you're a hard woman you're right, honestly right I can't <laughs> I don't I'm, really, you off, you know? <laughs> I'm really like pissed off with the guy I just can't it's, just, it's, it's upset me uh, the fact that the, the way that he's done it basically everyone there are loads of players who hand in transfer requests but you just get on with it until it's done but to do it like this, and we all knew that the back injury wasn't really real, but now obviously it's confirmed that it wasn't really real. We had to kind they of have take to it. Say as, something, as, you know. They have to say something. You understand that with with yeah. With well, it's on. it's it's cost him now because he's like um, Neil said, he's been dropped. He's not been included in that Brazil team. So you know, good actually. Shame. Well, they're qualified him. for the World Cup. There's not a real, you know. At the end of the day, they don't have an awful lot to do in these qualifiers. It's not the end of the world for Cheech. And and if his head's not right. You know, don't get me wrong, I have one eye on Brazil as much as anything. And, you know, for me, this isn't a tragedy. I'm not playing. Um, I'd say qualification secured. All I want to do is top the group now for, for whatever reason, for pride or whatever. As far as I'm concerned, you know, Phil sitting on the bench is, is no great problem at all. There's enough players, enough depth in Brazil to cover for him. But I want to move forward. And, and Ali, I'm going to come to you first. You know, I'm, I'm going to say for the sake of this podcast to keep the peace that we have Virgil van Dijk because I just it's what I believe at the moment and certainly I expect something in that in the next 48 hours given that then we're going to hypothetically say that's a done deal and we're going to say Coutinho's going to go what's your minimum requirement uh, for the rest of this window to, to, to keep you happy you know we've got van Dijk let's say Coutinho's going you know we're talking about Lamar Naby Keita I refuse to speak about until next season because he's not a player until then. Don't get me wrong, good bit of business, but could have been done you know, this season as far as I'm concerned. But we'll, we'll talk about Naby Keita as, as he gets closer to coming to us. But for this season, which I'm more interested in, what's the minimum, Ali? Um, so you're saying Van Dijk's in, Coutinho's gone. Then let's say, let's say Lamar's a formality from everything we're reading. We still need one more midfielder because Simon Lamar is just basically a replacement for Coutinho, so we still need that one more for depth. So if we can get the full replacement, the addition that we needed beforehand, we've already got Van Dijk and Ty Emery down. But for me, the Van Dijk and the Emery is for me is key right now um, over anything because if not, we're just we're really weak. Chiefs mentioned it a couple of times pre-pod and on it. We can't go into another season with the defence the way it's been. I know you're saying Van Dijk, but we really need to have it. How important! of all the signings, and that included Salah. I mean, myself and Neil Devlin spoke about it, and it sounded like we were having a go at Salah, when it was nothing like that. We just needed the Van Dyke one done, because if not, we're no further forward than where we have been. So, But for me, if we can get a Coutinho replacement, if we're saying he's gone, and the addition that we needed in the middle of the park, because as you say, we can't use Keita 
this season, so he's no use to us. He's going to be helping somebody else in the Champions League. Exactly, and, and it's, for that reason, I you know I, I applaud them. Fair play to FSG for it, but we'll talk about him next season because he's irrelevant to us until then, and we've got a whole season in front of us. Neil, yourself, you know, off what Ali's saying there, you know, obviously you're, you're of the same opinion as me that Van Dijk has to be done. But now, it's, if we got this, you know, we've got Lamar. Do we go for a Draxler? Do we do we go to Arsenal and wrap their door and ask them for Sanchez? You know, I know you don't fancy Sanchez, but I'm, hypothetically, I think we need another one if Phil goes. And you know, obviously, if we get that money and we get plenty of it up front, there's no excuse for not going for it. Yeah, I mean, why not? If you've got that money kicking about, if you sell Phil for 130, 140, you sign a Lamar for 80, you get Van Dijk in. That's Boxed. I mean, that's uh, Echo Valley. That that's the most important thing. And obviously, you said the same. Otherwise, you're building on quicksand essentially. So, provided that's done, why not? There's going to be so many deals flying around the last few days because I'm not talking about like cheap deals or whatever, but players going. This window has been dead slow and stop. It's been a window really like no other in the last few transfer deadline days and for, for as long as I can remember the last three, four seasons they've all been crap nothing's really happened a few moves here and there City have done this or whatever I mean the big spender but this this season so much is going to happen on that last day I mean you're looking at probably Sacco's going to go maybe Markovic is going to go there'll be others that'll go from Liverpool we'll sign players there'll be players moving all around the league it's gonna be it's gonna be bedlam. So I would I mean I would agree with basically what Ali said, uh, and I'd go with what you said. I mean, either you get that other one in in the in the center, or you you sort of go for that hybrid that's um, not an attacking midfielder per se, but can sort of do a bit of both just to cover you. But don't forget you've got Lalana coming back. So end of the day, as long as you as long as you box off Van Dyke, you get the Lamar in then you're on a free one. Whatever you can go and do then is a bonus. If, if it was up to myself, not for what we, we need per se, I've always said if we were to sell with Coutinho for a decent amount of money, I'd love to go and sign an Acardi or even... A, we knew Obama Young had a price on his head this summer. One goes to, and then you could change formation for certain games. I've always said we could go to the four-two-three-one with Bobby, Manny and Salah in behind you know, that one more focal point proper striker as well, where you're still using all those three with a natural finisher as well at the point. So it's always that other option just so that you can change it up in games. Don't know what you think about that. Yeah, that would be lethal. Having having somebody like a Bamiang to 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 switch to to put in with those three, you'd be you'd be tearing teams to shreds, essentially. But yeah, I mean like but that it's a luxury, isn't it? You're going that well, not a luxury. But is that not what death. Sturridge is for? Though Neil, you know, like he's meant to be yeah, a world class well, player. I don't don't buy it myself, but that's what, what he's heralded. Uh, heralded so as. No, but he is. You know, our fans I'm seem to think he's worth. I was just going to say, actually, I'm I'm really pleased this transfer window. He hasn't left for me. That's really a big deal. <laughs> I thought he was gone. A few Medical staff ago. may he's disagree with you, but fair enough. And if he can stay fit. Then you know he was he was off the bench. How long before he scored? Two minutes. No, I see it. Neil, look, I see his qualities. The one that I keep saying, the one stat that screams at me is his injury record. And you know, this looks like potentially, 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 like a decent season that we could have coming up. And I would love Sturridge to be part of that season. I would love him to stay fit long enough to be part of that season, or even to be a bit part of that season. I just don't have the confidence in him. No, neither do I. I do. He's already been injured this season. None of our other forwards scores that goal he scores on Sunday. His movement, if you watch just him, incredible. That's the frustration, Ali. That's what pisses you off so much. But this, this is why we want the forward. If we can get another forward, as I say, we have Sturridge. That makes that's a title challenging team. Having a player like Daniel Sturridge on the bench for even if we have him only for twenty five games out of the fifty five that we play, say. That's what title challenging teams have. Not bringing on a Divakarigi. No offense to Rigi, I just I don't I just don't like him. But not having that, do you know what I mean? We need talent. 
Chelsea have got look at the teams Chelsea have had over the years and even your United's they've had to, they're about Man United have just spent 70 million on Lukaku and they're going to have Ibrahimovic on the bench as well as your Rashford and Martial we need to be competing with, with a units like that that can integrate with each other and come in and out and I mean Sturridge takes a lot of stick for his for his attitude and but I've never heard them say anything that shows sulking he doesn't like get taken off excellent that's what you want in players he doesn't like not starting. He wants to play. He wants to score goals. Perfect. I've never heard him pitching more knowing. Even after the game, on he's like, it's really good. It's great to be back in the pitch. These lads are excellent. They make it easy for me. They're tiring. They're, and now they're tiring teams out. So he can come on the park for 20 minutes at the end. And, and destroy them. Yeah, because we all know his pace has gone a bit. Like We'll happily admit that. But his brain's not stopped working. Right the box, he's exactly the player yeah. to unlock. Tight I mean, there's like an eighty no percent chance he's going to score, even if he's on yeah. pitch five minutes. You know, no defense can now afford to double mark him because we've got so many options all over the place coming forward. They've not got a spare man now. So if you give Sturridge one on one with any defender in that league, I mean, any of them, at ten, he's going to beat them and get a shot on target. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, you mentioned Arizi there. Well, it does look very much like. Uh, Sturridge will stay this season and Booba will make another fortune out of him. But yeah. Origi seems to be part of a make-weight maybe in this Lamar deal that's certainly been touted today. I'm just wondering, you know, if, if he is going out on loan after the couple of seasons he's had with us, and, um, you know, I'll, I'll come to Mara with this one. You know, what does it say? It, to me, it sort of it suggests that it's, you know, his time at Liverpool could be over and this is maybe the one last chance if he goes there to Monaco and he performs, maybe there's a way back for him. But certainly as it stands today, I would I would worry for Origi and, and certainly I think his father came out in the press today and has, has said a few things. I would worry that maybe his time at Liverpool's over. Yeah, it's a shame really because when he came, he came before Klopp, didn't he? If I'm not wrong. Yeah. Is that, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean Klopp was pretty, I remember, if, I don't know if you guys remember him talking about, you know, we're going to have fun with this guy and stuff like that. So he, it seemed like he was going to do well and he had that ru- a little run where he scored quite a few goals in what six goals in seven games or something like that this was last season and then it kind of all fizzled out pretty quickly so it's a shame to see if if like you said if he does go then i i i, I do worry for him as well coming back but um if it's just on a loan you never know maybe he'll he's very young still he's what is he 22 yeah uh, something like that yeah so you know he if he gets a little bit more experience and a little bit of game time, then hopefully, you know, he, he, there might be a way back. But yeah, I've, I've read today something about him being part of a deal for Thomas Lamar as well. And, you know, I was I was a bit sad when I heard that because, you know, I do, I do like Diva Horrigi, but, you know, we've got to have players who are, you know, he hasn't done the, the business the last t- a few times or the last, you know, couple of times he's been on and he just kind of seems a bit lost on the pitch at the moment. I hope that he could, if he does go out and learn, I hope he gets a really good, has a good run or wherever he goes. And then maybe there might be a way back for him. Neil, yourself, you know, I think this has shown Klopp at his most sort of ruthless. You know, I have no doubt that he loves Origi and has great time for him. Once his usefulness has passed, Klopp doesn't hold sentiment very much. He just cuts them. Yeah, well, I mean, I think he's given him plenty of chances. And last season when we were in the Europa League run and stuff, he, he did really well. But he's never really capitalised on that. He's never really looked like he owns what he's what he's doing on the pitch. If you compare him to someone like Martial, who's, who's roughly the same age, he looks in control of everything he does. You know, he, it might not come off, but it looks like he knows exactly what he wants to do and what he's trying to do. Half the time, you don't get that with Divock. I mean, sometimes he's absolutely electric. You know, we can all think of times like Hattrick, he scores against Southampton in the League Cup for example, where it's, it's, everything he hits just is great. It's going to fly in. But there's other times where he looks like he could fall over on his own and he has done or just dribble it out of play and just makes the wrong runs and whatever. So you would worry that he, he just hasn't developed probably in the way that his potential suggested that he should. And maybe that's our fault. Maybe that's his fault. Maybe it's a mixture of both. If you can use him in a make-weight deal to get somebody who's who's better who can do more for you who more who more suits your style of play uh and who gen, genuinely is, is progressing at a better rate and is now a better prospect then it makes sense 
You've got Solanke now. As we said, you've got Sturridge as just a backup. You've got Mane, Salah, Firmino, who can play in the front three, and you can probably guarantee that all three of them could. You, you could just make a front two out of two of any three of those. Then you've got Sturridge on the bench, and you've got Solanke as the backup. So if you can use Origi to get what you want, then why not? He hasn't really done it much as I've always wanted him to, and so many others. You mentioned it as well, because there is potential there, and you do sort of see that if he could harness what he has, he has the potential to be fucking awesome. And that's why he was rated higher than both Lukaku and um, and Benteke in Belgium in the youth ranks and stuff. But he hasn't quite. It just hasn't quite happened. So maybe he needs to change the scenery. Maybe he's not benefiting from getting uh, 20 minutes here and there or a game here, a game there and not being able to get back in after injury or whatever. Maybe it's the system doesn't suit him, whatever whatever it is. Maybe it's himself. Maybe it's the best thing for both parties, to be honest, because he, he hasn't really contributed in the last season, probably since the end of the Europa League run, probably since that point where he got busted by uh, Funes Mori. Because he was on a great run, and then Funes Mori injured him and got sent off. And since then, he's, he's never really gotten back to the same level. Like, I mean, I don't know if anyone disagrees. I mean, even last last season, he went through a spell of, I think he scored seven goals in six games, six goals in seven games, something like that. But he, yep. he didn't play well in those games. And I mean, that was that was the worrying part. You know, there was no, the link-up play wasn't there. His touch seemed well off. Um, we were all at the time. He was behind Surridge as well in the packing order, Ali, which is the point I was going to make to you. Um, you, you know, he, he obviously he's been, you know, he's been passed over. It even looks like Solanke's in front of him now. He's behind Solanke. That's Absolutely, the thing. Yeah. I mean, I mean, let's be fair. If, if he goes, are we going to put this? Are we going to miss him unless he develops into this the player that like Neil said? Like we, we've still got. Uh, okay, right. We're, we're talking. Dave, we've got Firmino there. You just met uh, Neil mentioned Salah and Mane can both play. I mean, we might need to tweak our system, right? You still got Sturridge, Salah, and whatever you think, we would still have Ings there for certain games, so we don't have to play a Bobby, a Sturridge in a in a League Cup game or an FA Cup third round. That's what you can play Ings for. There's no reason why a Woodburn couldn't come in, a Kent playing wide, and and you know all these little games and try and leave them out. So yeah, our squad's still shallow, but. We're getting players in that we can tweak a system. That we're hoping all these players become interchangeable. We we've said we need a defense, so that's fine. But losing an Origi doesn't mean anyway. Doesn't say right. We now need to go out and replace them. If that makes sense, because it's not an area of the pitch that we're we're short and we, we need centre backs. We need centre mids because even our fullback. I mean, Gomez is kind of at the season and showing he's more than capable again. He seems to have got a bit more confidence back that he could fill in left or right. We've got two two good left backs. We've got Klein and Trent. I mean, I, I give Lovren all the stick in the world and by no means would he start for... Do we from buy him. another centre-back though, Ali? You know, we've talked about what else we need Absolutely. on top of... Absolutely, I'd love to. Do we buy another centre-back? I'd love to, but I mean, we know... We don't know because we don't know Klopp, but is he really going to get rid of... He's not going to get rid of Lovren. I mean, Lovren has basically, when he's been fit, pretty much started any game. He signed Matip on a free. He, he really likes Matip. He's obviously seen him in Germany. And we we can assume Van Dijk's his first choice. So that's free. We've still got Clavin and we've still got Gomez to cover. So quality-wise, yes, we need another. But he's not going to sign another one. We need a centre midfielder because that's where we can't rotate. We have three and that's it. I mean, Lallana's not going to be back till January, I heard, almost. You're talking December, January time he's fit and back playing. That's perfect. Yeah, You know, if we get the signings in, that's perfect. That's like a new player coming in, you know, fresh in the system again in January. Absolutely. So again, it's we, if we can get one more in that centre of the park or he decides to keep Coutinho, say, right? We, we know that's covered, but we've got enough forward. So again, if we can bring in a Lamar and use it as a year loan, maybe we just to sweeten the deal. Absolutely, we need to take that. And it can only be good for Origi because... He's not going to learn or develop playing in under twenty threes. We we see the gap when we bring these under twenty three players up. That some take just that while. Just there is a massive gap in in the leagues. The quality it, it would take a loan deal. I, I would have liked him to go to somebody like a Benitez or a Premiership team if we were going to keep him and develop him for ourselves. But I mean, if Klopp's seeing maybe as Chief says, Solanke's overtook him. 
So if he's saying Solanke is the new Origi and Solanke is his signing, he's shown really good development in pre-season from what we've seen. I love the stories coming out that he left Chelsea because he felt he should be playing and he's a bit disgruntled. That's good. That's what you want. None of these, as Dave, you've said it many times, we're full of choir boys. We need those egos. A bit like, I mean, I didn't want Sturridge before he came to us because of these stories. And then you hear these stories like, oh, wait a minute, he just wanted to play football. And that's and that's what we need. So if we can get Lamar, from what everybody I've spoke to says about him, is excellent, then we've got to be doing it, surely. I don't think there can be a, a question in it. Going back to Ali's centre-back point, obviously we need strengthening in that area. And I think if you know Virgil van Dijk coming in will obviously make that area stronger. But I think more investment I would put into the um, the midfield like Ali said because if you've got the right people in front of the defence then you know that kind of it helps as well because we've had so many t- matches where our midfield's gone missing and that obviously has a knock-on effect on the defence as well and if your centre-backs aren't brilliant to start with then they're going to struggle um, and, in, and in the kind of football the system we play they, they struggle anyway so yeah, I, w- I would invest more in the midfield because I reckon then if you just added Virgil van Dijk into the defence, then even if you've got Lovren as backup and Clavin as backup, the, the midfield should automatically, if that strengthens, will help out the defence anyway. So I think that, that makes more sense, Absolutely. if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 w- I really would have liked us to be in for Matic when he left yeah, Chelsea. Like you know, the same well, I, old defensive midfielder thing yeah, every time. I think we've got to just accept the fact that Klopp doesn't like one and we're no. never going to get another one. We could do with another Emery, so that one could do what he's doing just now and one could do what he was doing last season at the back end. You know, he was doing the holding, breaking up. And we could get two of the same. He's the same. prone to the odd wee injury as well there, Ali. He, he is, absolutely. But I think that's, do you think this is down to Klopp's style? Yes, I do, actually. So let's, we slag the egg off on Twitter, but I think some of these points he's making have to have a bit of validity in them. Because he's making, not making players, but in this system, we're very exposed. There's a lot of running to cover a lot of space. You see us on about 70 minutes and, and ringing the changes at the weekend. You know, don't get me wrong. We put a hell of a lot of effort into these games, you know, to, 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 like we did at Arsenal. We, we were at their jugular nonstop. And to do that over the course of 90 minutes, you need a quality coming off the bench to, to, to just... We didn't. And we didn't. And that's exactly it. And I think that's... That's the area that worries me at the minute, and and if we can re- if we can resolve that, and you know, let these guys go and run their heart out at them for 60, 70 minutes, and then you bring in your three replacements who just steady the ship, who just put the foot in the ball, slow it down a little bit, uh, and get us over the line. But to me, I looked at some tired players in Game Three of the season, albeit we've had two uh, qualifiers in the middle of them there, and and there hasn't been that much of a change really in, in the squad. Add to that just the fact that we're on, we're, we've got four competitions and an extra competition this season as well, so that's going to make it a bit more difficult as well. Absolutely, Amara. I was just literally just going to say that. Yeah, Sorry. that's going to be a mass. No, it's going to be a massive test for these players. I'll be extremely angry and pissed off if if I see. A Firmino, a Sally, a Mana, Mana, <laughs> Manny, and Salah um, start at yeah, starting in the League Cup games. They they should be nowhere near those. Shouldn't even be travelling with the team. Salah was rubbing his hamstring. Hopefully, it's just you know tight. He's running so much, but I mean we've seen that so early in the game. I was always told playing at, even at my level, like going or running the way Manny and Salah do should never make it past at full top speed for more than 65 minutes. You know, you should be at the pace that they two are running it for the length of time. It's just ridiculous to still, and they were still making it, well, Sal, I think Manny came off, didn't he? But Sal started making that run in the 85th minute, same pace. I mean, I mean that can't be good when you've played so many games in so many days. And is it really necessary, Ali, at 4-0 up? And you're cruising. And this is where I mean, you know, changing a game on 70 minutes and just taking the, taking the steam out of it. We've done the business. We've got what we needed done. You know, I, I applauded it. Now, we, we've picked on them in the past and on this podcast about, you know, where were the subs and so on. But they came this time, and I think they were timed a lot better. And it's, it would be my hope, you know, obviously that we would like to see the better quality coming on. 
to close those games out, obviously. And there will be times when that quality is needed to actually win the game, if you know what I mean. But, you know, we need to be a lot more clever considering the way that Klopp wants to play this 100-mile-an-hour football. I think that's where the, the change in formation, the different formations need to come into play and not just be so reliant on the one. As you say, that game, we were up, we, we battered them by by the 60th minute. But actually, let's be fair, by halftime, that game was, was over. Um, but even, let's say, 55th, 60th minute, we could have resorted to a little bit deeper, took off the two wide men, or even one of them kept them on, but just slowed the tempo right down, you know, just sat in a more compact unit and just done counter-attacking stuff and just changed it up slightly um, just to, to rest the players' legs. I mean, it didn't really matter so much this game because we had the first break regardless. But the last thing we want is a man or Salah pulling a hamstring injury but Ali, when we're 4-0 up. Do you not think that Klopp's got it in the back of his mind, maybe that we're prone to concede in a couple of goals, so he can't ever really relax? I know we were four nil up, and it sounds utterly ridiculous, but I remember remember being four one up at Arsenal last season, and we almost caught that up. Yeah, abs- yeah, no, absolutely. So there's always that in the back of your mind as well, isn't there? With us, the biggest part of that is that's where it needs to be addressed in the transfer window. Yeah, Klopp, you can only coach so much, and that's where. I believe Klopp's going to make the signings, but that's where the signings come in, and we need we need numbers as well as quality, and we we need both. You hope to get those numbers in the midfield, and you hope to be able to plug the gaps, um, not just for injuries, but to prevent injury, like you say, to be able to change things if you need to, or to just be able to um, sort of go like for like, if not quite like for like, be able to put somebody in there who can who can see it out for the last half an hour in a situation like that. It all sort of comes down to the next uh, the next couple of days, as usual. Like. Well, that's just, you took the words out of my mouth, Neil. Uh, you know, we can sit and hypothesise all we want here, but the answers will come in the, in the next 72 hours for us, thankfully. And uh, maybe just before we go, uh, we'll, we'll put the, the message out of, of what we're planning, actually, for the transfer window on WFI. We're hoping to actually do maybe the last two or three hours off the transfer window as a live podcast, Neil. Um, I think you and, uh, and Ali are going to get involved in it. And, you know, hopefully we, we can sort of rival Jim White, if that's at all possible. Yeah, well... Well, I'll be wearing yellow ties or anything, but uh, yeah, it should be good. No, it's audio only, audio only. <laughs> audio only, thank God. And then that, that's for your benefit as the listener. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, it should be, it should be a lot of fun. As I alluded to earlier, most, most transfer windows of the last little while haven't been that much crack. You know, last summer was okay, but not much happened near the end of it. It was all sort of done and dusted near the beginning. Um, this window's been, yeah, I mean, everyone knows how hard it's been to do business and how many big players are waiting on moves and how many big deals are on the verge of being done or not being done for clubs all over the place, obviously including Liverpool, us being sort of really high up and have been uh, in the sagas, involved in the sagas all summer. So, yeah, a couple of hours I think we're going to do a bit of live podcasting. So that'll be a first, I think. Uh, definitely for me, so uh, bear with us. But, Disaster uh, looms. There's no, there's no one ways it can go wrong. Could possibly go wrong. <laughs> that will go wrong. <laughs> but listen, we'll, we'll take our round table before we finish. And Ali, where can we find you? Anything you want to plug at the minute? Far away. No, no plugs for me apart from just checking out WFI. But I'll leave, I'll leave those to you. You can find me on Twitter at Ali Thompson eighty four if you want to follow my rumblings. It's all going to be uh, transfer stuff the next few days, like a kid in Christmas, I tell you. Can't wait. There you go. Well, hopefully hopefully Santa's good, do you? Ohms, <laughs> yourself, where can we find you? Look, oh, you did a very good uh, review of the uh, the game there at the weekend. It's up on the website. Let you plug away. Yeah, if you want to have a read of that, you find it on Cop Left. And you can find me in the tweet here. You can see my Twitter handle when you <laughs> when you when you release this pod. If you really that's want to follow me, that's, that's I don't really have much to, to say. Put your, to put your name into it, I might might just forget this week. Yeah, you know, okay. And Neil, I'm just going to ask you where I can find you on Twitter because I'm not wasting my time with anything else. Where we're going to find you on Twitter? Yeah, if you want to find me, you can find me at Neil1980 on Twitter. Um, yeah, I'm plugging uh, transfer deadline day this year. Uh, doesn't doesn't happen too often, so stick with it. It, it could be exciting. 
the new Jim White. Eh? <laughs> I will see how that one goes. I just want to mention a tweet before I go that I saw today, which was absolutely brilliant. I thought tweet of the day, without a doubt. And there's been some madness out there on Twitter. And some lad, I forget who, I didn't take note of who it was, but he, he was suggesting that if Liverpool fans work for NASA, we'd have found life on other planets long, <laughs> before, <laughs> long before now. <laughs> and it's sort of an appeal to NASA there, if, you, if you're listening to anybody from NASA, get a Liverpool fan involved, you'll find a lot, an awful lot more things. So from the WFI side of things, like all the normal pods are out there. We have a globe out uh, on a new book that's written on Northern Ireland football, actually, called Gunshots and Goalposts, which is actually excellent. I've read it. Um, it it's a great read. Whether you're from Northern Ireland or not, it's, it's a really fascinating look into to, to how football has evolved there. And, and it, it covers the ugly side of it as well, which makes it even, you know, it's very brutal and frank. So, you know, there's a podcast sort of advertising that we put up last night. There'll be a lot more pods coming during the week. And I'll say, don't forget the live pod. Uh, we'll be putting stuff out over the next sort of 24 hours to direct you that direction of where you can listen to us live over the transfer window. Uh, hopefully we can give you a, an alternative to the, the usual drivel of Sky. Um, we've had a bit of crack along the way. But just one final thanks to the guys for their time, as always. Always a pleasure talking to you. And same to the listener. Until the next one from Copcast, it's goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>